I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts. Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. All right, America and Penn State football fans, mostly Penn State football fans, not so much all of America. It's time for another installment of the Blue White Breakdown podcast by Penn Live, talking Penn State football. My guy, Johnny McGonigal. Uh, Johnny, <clears throat> the uh, early part of the offseason is just about over. No more winter conditioning to talk about. It's straight to spring practice. Tuesday, I believe, is the first day of spring practice up at Penn State. The uh, practice sessions will conclude with the blue-white game on April 15th. There's going to be a pro day up there for former Penn Staters that were just at the Combine. Some other guys that were not at the Combine that could have been at the Combine. That's March 24th. Penn Live, you and I are going to have some stuff on some storylines and some things to know over the weekend as we get closer to spring practice. But, Johnny, uh, hopefully it's not as cold where you are as where I am. I, 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 I was ready for spring. And now I'm all bundled up because it's like 38. So I'm going to press on. I hope you're doing okay. But yeah, I have a, I have a couple of players I wanted to talk to you about uh, regarding spring practice. But I'm sure you're looking forward to it uh, as as well because, you know, the, the winter can be a little tough. You know, you're trying to find some things to write about. But it really doesn't get interesting until spring practice kicks off. Yeah, Bob, it was nice being out of the combine, you know, because like you mentioned, it can be kind of tough sometimes to find stuff. Uh, to write about. I mean, you know, news, news never really stops, uh, especially in college football. The, the calendar is, you know, 24, seven, 365, but uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff. We, you, we got coming out of the combine. Like I mentioned on the last podcast, looking forward to seeing eventually uh, which Penn state players are at the 2024 combine. Cause we think that there's going to be a handful. And, uh, and for some of those guys that their journeys uh, really might start here, the spring camp. And, in terms of assuming bigger roles, uh, assuming bigger you know responsibilities and more snaps on this team, uh, we all know how important training camp is. That August, uh, that August period before the season really gets going, and obviously you know voluntary and voluntary workouts over the summer uh, are really big. But you know these fifteen practices upcoming, starting on Tuesday for Penn State, uh, with a new D line coach in tow, perhaps. Uh, you know, again, we're kind of waiting and seeing here as of ten oh seven a.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, and, and obviously a new uh, wide receivers coach as well, new quarterback, a lot of returning talent on this team, but also some some you know question marks or you know spots of uncertainty. So uh, we'll start to see some answers here over the next uh, couple of weeks, few weeks. You know, spring means different things to different people. If, if you're an established vet like last year, you know, Sean Clifford or Jair Brown or PJ Mustafer, 
you know, spring, spring, and you know, it's it's a little bit of a different outlook if you've been at Penn State for three or four or even five years, and you're treated a little bit differently. The coaches know what they have in their veteran players. Largely, they do anyway. Sean Clifford was, you know, really his his priority probably last year was continuing to get better in Mike Yersich's offense in year two, but also kind of getting the young quarterbacks up to speed on kind of how to be college quarterbacks, how to start, study film, whether it was was Drew Aller or Bo Prabula. But, you know, that was kind of, I think, what, what they wanted from him, you know, last year. But I, I just think I came up with a list of some players that maybe aren't necessarily prominent names yet, or they're either just getting started, or there are there's a couple of veterans. But let's just talk about, I wanted to get your reaction to a couple of players that I think they're big, they're, they're all going to have big springs uh, for different reasons. And as much as everyone likes to talk, Johnny, about Drew Aller getting started, really, uh, in, in state college, and he is, you know, unless he gets hurt, um, all the signs point to him being the guy in the fall. I wanted to actually bring up Bo Prabula with with Sean Clifford gone. You know, Bo has been Bo has not been. I mean, this guy is getting after it up there at Penn State. He is he's excelling. Uh, you know, off the field, getting his body ready. Um, he didn't really, well, you know, while, while Drew was able to get in to like, I think all but two or three games last year, you know, Bo, it was, it was absolutely a true redshirt year for Bo and without Sean Clifford and with really, it's really those two guys, uh, Jackson Smolik, I think is, is enrolled, but the depth chart's a little bit scarce right now, a quarterback. And I'm just curious to get your thoughts and maybe what the, what maybe Penn state might want to do with Bo this spring because they got, I mean, he's really hasn't taken any kind of significant snaps since his, since his high school school, high school career was over. And when the, when the depth chart is thin, Johnny, I mean, he's one, he's one bad snap from Drew Aller, one injury away from being the guy at Penn state. For sure. And look, he's going to enter spring camp with the idea, um, with the hope, with the expectation to compete for a starting job. And you know, the coaching staff isn't going to say from the outset he has no shot at that. But, uh, you know, James Franklin even acknowledged, uh, I guess it was a, a month ago now that we met with him or a few weeks ago that yeah, entering spring camp, given what Drowler had done last season, playing in 10 games, logging over 140 snaps. And uh, he's going to be the number one guy essentially going into spring camp. And you know, both of us don't see that changing at all, um, given the, the, the commitment that they had uh, to Drew and getting him early playing time. He's, he's going to be the guy. But this really is a big spring for Bo Prabula because, you know, not only is he currently stepping up into a number two role, but let's fast forward to after the blue white game and at the end of these 15 practices. And at that point in May, the transfer portal opens up again for FBS players. And at that point, James Franklin and Mike Yersich, uh, they're going to have a 15 practice sample size of Bo Prabula and they're going to have to decide, hey, are we going to really pursue a veteran quarterback in the portal? Or do we feel comfortable with what Bo Prabula has shown us, has given us so far in terms of being a backup? Because like you said, you know, Drew Aller being one injury away. And we've seen uh, in recent years, you know, backups have to step in for Penn State. Uh, And when you have a roster like this with expectations like this, you know, a team that has college football playoff uh, expectations and hopes, you know, you don't want that to be derailed or, you know, by, you know, a freak injury in, in, you know, the second half of a game against, Iowa or Northwestern or whatever, um, maybe not a serious injury, but one that keeps, you know, drew out for a game. And so you want someone to be able to step in 
and fill those shoes. So um, I do think this is a big, uh, big 15 practices for Bo, both for, you know, his personal development, but also like, you know, in terms of where he stands in the coaching staff's eyes. Yeah, Johnny, he looked great at the uh, at the winter con- conditioning availability. Uh, they list him, I think, at six two two oh six. He's you can you can see the athleticism. You can see the way he moves. You can see why um, he was able to do some of the things uh, that he was able to do at Central York, where he was a standout uh, as a, as a prep player. But uh, one of the reasons why Penn State is kind of in this position a little bit is after Sean Clifford uh, has moved on, Christian Veiu, um is no longer obviously in the program. I believe he's with uh, your Pitt Panthers, the team that you covered before you uh, you you came back. You came to Penn Live and and, and cover Penn State. Uh, he's in the mix there, but you know, one. I just remember before before Bo and and uh, Drew got here, right before the the Outback Bowl, Mike Yersuch was asked about the guys coming in and and about the guys behind behind. Um, Sean and he meant he went to he really liked Bo he really liked Drew obviously but he he didn't say that much about Christian so I don't want to say the die was cast before really before Drew got on campus but I think all along Penn State had a pretty good idea that they liked Drew and they really liked Bo so and I think that's continued I think that Penn State Mike Yersich and James Franklin have made a conscious effort to keep just to let Bo know how much they think of him and how valuable he could be at Penn State, even though Drew is on the roster. He certainly looks the part, but um, you're right. It, it's a thin room, and I think they really need to find out some stuff about Bo Prabula. He's gonna get he's gonna get way more reps, hopefully, than he got he got last year. But I mean, it really to to look at this as just a one quarterback depth chart, I think, would be a mistake on the fans' part because just because of the nature of the game. You know, Drew, Drew, Drew's going to get hit. You know what I mean? And he's going to have to, he's built for it, obviously. He's only, I mean, he's 245 pounds or whatever. But, I mean, Bo Prabula is going to have to be ready. And Penn State's going to have to get him ready. So I think it's a big spring for him. And I'm curious to see what the coaching staff says about him and how they plan to work him, not only in spring, but, you know, eventually, assuming <laughs> assuming they like what they saw in the spring, Johnny, but also in August, because I think he's going to they're going to have to. It's not it's not going to be like a, I don't think it'll be like a, a Sean Drew plan where they make a conscious effort to get Drew into games. But I think they really need to, especially in some of the games on their schedule, if they get up big, he's got to He's got to get some game action because they're going to at some point. I think they're going to need him this season. That's just the way that Big Ten football is. So. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to move on to the wideout position with you. There there are so many interesting options, and there are so many questions that are still out there, even with a guy like Keandre Lambert Smith returning, because as, at, that Rose Bowl was obviously his best game as a Lion. But what was his second best game as a Lion? You know, you just really don't know. You know, can can he be a guy that every game can be the number one guy, or do they like some other players? Um, we still haven't seen Dante Cephas, who's, who's a, I guess, supposed to be on campus in the summer. He's a proven guy at Kent State. But I wanted to mention t- a couple names to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, first, I'm going to go with the two Maliks, Malik Mega and Malik McLean. Malik, Malik McLean is the uh, transfer portal guy from Florida State on campus, took part in winter conditioning. Malik Mega has been a guy that, man, you see him on the practice field. He is a big receiver who can run. But he really hasn't carved out a role um, in the offense. He was a special teams gunner, 6'4", 200. It's a deep list of guys trying to make an impression 
And I wanted to start with those two wide receivers for different reasons because they're both they're both on the veteran side and they don't have as much time to make an impression as some of the young guys. For sure. Now, you know, starting with Keandre, they're going back to him really quick because like you mentioned, you know, can can he do it every game? And I mean, you look at the you look at just the stat sheet of what Penn State compiled over the course of the season. He was Penn State's third leading receiver in terms of receiving yards uh, at 389. Now, now 88 came on one play. So, like, obviously, it's really nice to have that big playability and that threat. Um, but is he going to be a number one guy? And so you look at then, OK, Malik McLean, who comes in uh, from Florida State, a former four star guy who again, had all the potential in the world and just, it didn't, it just didn't click at Florida state. And I think they also got some newer players in and started prioritizing him and prioritizing them. And so, you know, his snaps and his productivity and his role within their offense uh, went down. Uh, And so this is an opportunity for him, you know, kind of a fresh start uh, to come into Penn state and make an impact. And um, you also mentioned Malik uh, mega. And when I asked Parker Washington out of the combine in terms of like a player or two, um, that he's looking forward to seeing next season. Like Keandre was his first answer, but then he mentioned Malik and said, you know, he's a speedy guy, played a lot on special teams, but you know, he's expecting him to be able to make some big plays for this offense. And they're going to need the big plays to come from somewhere uh, because, you know, whether it's Malik Mega, McLean, you know, Dante Siva, Susan Rowling uh, in the summer, um, you know, Keandre, you've got Amari Evans, Caden Saunders, two freshmen, two two 2022 freshmen that we've talked about a lot on this pod, also a handful of other guys in this room. Like someone's going to have to step up. Uh, it's It can't just all be Theo Johnson um, out of the tight end slot. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who takes the Marcus Hagens coaching in spring ball. And uh, it's always interesting when a new position coach comes in because it's kind of like a wipe the slate clean kind of deal. And, you know, you don't have any preconceived notions about players. You know, you have the film and you can go back and look at that. But if you're Marcus Hagens, you're saying, hey, all of you guys have an opportunity to impress me and to earn playing time. And uh, when it's as wide open as it is and when you have an opportunity to catch passes from Drew Aller, that opportunity is that lucrative? Like these guys are going to be gunning for, for snaps starting in spring camp. And so it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on who's impressing. And, um, you know, during winter workouts, you know, following you know, the, the assistant coaches on Twitter and seeing like, you know, who's getting competitor of the day and all that, um, you know, Malik McLean was, was in there, uh, I, th- I believe a couple times. And so that's a good sign uh, to see someone like that, you know, just, you know, get you know, thrown right into the fire and, uh, and, and produce right away. Again, it's winter workouts, but, He's got to show it in spring camp and then eventually training camp in the season. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, 
that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We're talking Penn State players. I don't want to say unproven players, talented players, though, that either uh, for one reason or another going into spring, they have a little I think they have a little bit to prove. And that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing. It could be a numbers game or it could just be. Uh, they're young players that still, have, you know, they were either trapped. They just, they, they didn't. There was no room on the depth chart for them really to do anything uh, earlier in their careers. So I'm talking here with Johnny McGonigal. McGonigal, that's Bob Flanders. I want to follow up with the receivers, and I'm glad you mentioned Caden Saunders because I, the more I think about him, I read and if Penn Life, you guys got to read Johnny's story uh, about there was a freshman media availability um, in early February, and you you had a chance to talk to Caden Saunders. Um, it, I thought it was very revealing. I checked it out a couple of times because I actually wrote a little something about him this week based on what Chuck Losey saw from him in winter conditioning. But I, re- I appreciate that guy. I appreciate Caden's honesty and his candor about his first year uh, at Penn State. This is one of the top guys in the 2022 class enrolled in January. I think he was the first guy to commit in the class. And boy, the expectations were just through the roof for a guy that many – had mentioned in connection or compared him to KJ Hamler, you know, playing that slot dangerous player in the open field uh, that Penn State wants in their offense. You know, Hamler did it so well. Parker Washington did it so well for a couple of years. And he's got that body type, right? But the first year just didn't go his way. He admitted maybe that uh, he could have trained a little bit better to get ready for his first season. He also admitted, uh, you got, he admitted that he was a little bit homesick, I think. Uh, uh, he's from Ohio. and But this year, it sounds like it's a little bit different story. The new weights are out. He's dropped about five pounds. Um, and Chuck Losey really thinks uh, he's been able to remake his body. He needed to get leaner. He needed to get lighter. And he thinks the kid's got his confidence back. Just a second-year player, Johnny. But a guy, all the young guys that they have, and there's a lot of talented young guys. You know, if Caden Saunders is back to where he was coming out of high school when he was a coveted recruit. I mean, that that would be a nice little, I think, bonus for this Penn State offense trying to replace not only Parker, but Mitchell Tinsley. Yeah, Bob, let's think back to the, the freshman contributions that Penn State got last season. Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, Deny Dennis Sutton, Abdul Carter, Drew Shelton, like all of these guys, obviously Drew Aller getting in, into 10 games and being the backup. Like, so many freshman contributions, but you look at their recruiting class in 2022, the fourth highest rated recruit, like didn't play, didn't really play. Caden Saunders, I mean, he was the number 55 player in the country overall, offers from Alabama, Oregon, Michigan, like every power five, you know, powerhouse wanted this kid. And he played in only three games, 32 total snaps. And yeah, like you mentioned, you know, he was, he was telling me and a couple of other reporters during that, uh, that freshman media session that, you know, he was enjoying his last bit of time with his family, you know, at the end of high school, a little bit too much. You know, he came in, his body composition was all out of whack. And uh, so he wasn't really pleased with that. So you're getting you're kind of getting off on the wrong foot, starting off behind the eight ball already. And when you're entering a room that again, then you know, you have Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley coming in from the portal as essentially the top two guys. But you know, Harrison Wallace and Keandre Lambert Smith and. And these all these other freshmen, I mean, he signed with four other freshman receivers. And so the competition level is super high. And so when you, you know, 
take that uh, that body composition out of whack, plus the homesickness. It just wasn't a great year for him. And he did have a really good relationship with uh, Taylor Stubblefield. Um, so yeah, with him being fired too, like that's going to be a, a, an adjustment uh, to Marcus Higgins as it will for everyone in that room. But you look at the talent, you look at the tape and what he put out there in, in high school. I mean, he's a guy that you would have thought going into the 2022 season that if you had to pick a wide receiver out of the bunch, that he would be the one that would step up and perform right away. So he has a real opportunity on his hands here, um, as is again, as is all these receivers. But for a guy that had such a difficult first year, like I, I would really expect him to, to enter the spring camp with something to prove and, and with obviously the ability to prove it as well. I agree. I really do agree. And I think the fact that it's just, you know, it's only he's only a second year player. And when, usually when you hear the strength coach talk about, hey, this guy's got his eye on the ball, you know, he's, he's not the same kid. He actually started to turn the corner. Uh, wasn't it was before the winter it was it was in season that those are all good things so um there's a reason why a lot of different schools wanted him and i think that the, the i think the only concern for him is that penn state penn state has moved quickly to to kind of bolster um the depth chart and they've recruit they've recruited the position in volume the last couple of years so you know time is not running out on a guy like Caden Saunders with that kind of talent but there's a lot of talented kids that are there. And now there's a, now, you know, you talk about McLean, you talk about Cephas. There's only so much playing time to go around. So I just think that he's going to have to, he can't pair up back to back spring practice sessions. So, like, if, if this one at all looks at all like it did last year, it's not going to great, not going to be a good sign. But all indications are, Johnny, that he's really ready and a different player. So I think Caden Saunders is a guy to watch. Let's, Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. You know, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the positions I think Penn State should feel really, really good about um, because of the depth, but also uh, because of what they return. You look at Jair Brown, and it's going to be a loss. But you look at that talented safety room and what they got coming in, and Joey Porter. Yeah, it's a loss. You know, a first round talent. You look at that cornerback room, and it's you know they just have guys. That are that are ready to play. Even at linebacker, I, I would I would argue that what they got from guys like Kobe King, you know, and obviously Abdul Carter, Tyler Elsden, even Dom DeLuca. They're gonna bring in Rojas, who's added some weight. I think he's up to 214. So I think they feel good about linebacker as well. I wanted to bring up uh, I wanted to bring up two guys that are defensive ends because Penn State, you know, they lose Nick Tarburton, but they got chopped back. They got Denai Dennis Sutton, who looks tremendous he's over 260 Amin Vanover is another player I'm sure uh obviously Adisa Isaac duh but I mean they, they feel really good obviously I think about maybe those four but how about these two um you know Smith Vilbert and Zariah Fisher two veterans uh dealing with I think last year they dealt with some different issues but I think they're a they, they begin the spring Johnny a little bit on the outside looking in and it's up to them I think to turn some heads very quickly yeah, Bob, it's it's going to be difficult to get playing time off the edge for Penn State in 2023, barring injury. Uh, I mean, you've got Chop Robinson, who was one of the best pass rushers and one of the most effective at affecting the quarterback uh, last season. Uh, Disa Isaac had an NFL decision on his hands and decided to come back to Penn State. Uh, Deny Dennis Sutton, like you said, he's growing into that body, and it, it's just it, he already looks like an athletic freak and looks like he's ready to take that next step as a five-star guy in his second season uh, with Penn State. And Amin Vanover, I think, was one of the more overlooked, uh, underrated 
uh, players, not just on the defense, but on the team last year with the number of snaps that he played and uh, made a really nice impact uh, for that defense. But, you know, Zariah Fisher coming off of, uh, you know, he suffered what an ACL was it uh, or a knee, a knee injury, significant leg injury. Um, I think is the, what, what we've been kind of going with is uh, last spring and <clears throat> to come back from that. I mean, he ended up playing, um, in a couple of games last year, I think that was a really nice sign for him. Uh, Smith Vilbert, we don't know why he missed uh, the entire season last year, but you know, he had those three sacks in in the Outback Bowl. And was that an anomaly? Was it not? You know, can he can he have three sacks and a half every game? Who knows? But I, I mean, I'm joking a little bit, but you know, it, it's one of those where it's like, can you have that kind of an impact player coming in in a, in a third? You know, in like a third line, if you think about it, like hockey um, in terms of rotations. Um, so, you know, those two guys, like, I'm sure they could go elsewhere and play too. Like if they, if they really wanted to, um, but they, they're going to be, they're going to be pushing for snaps. It's going to be difficult. And that's part of the reason why Devon Townley, when he entered the portal uh, and then decided to come back, uh, it's looking like he's going to, he's moving in from DN to D tackle uh, for a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for more playing time. And I don't blame him because it is going to be really difficult. Like I said, to get ahead or, or get even on par or compete with, um, you know, the three, four guys that you know, Penn State has at the top of their edge rushing room right now. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see for guys like Zariah Fisher. Again, it was that was nice uh, for him to get back uh, and get some snaps last year after after suffering an injury of that severity uh, in spring ball uh, to be able to rebound. And so, you know, fingers crossed for him that he doesn't you know get injured again. He stays healthy and uh, is able to you know continue performing. Johnny, let's get to one more, uh, one more position. Actually, just one more player. I was gonna, I originally was gonna throw out the offensive line guys, but there are so many offensive linemen that I think need to have big springs that are older players, and that's like it's, I had a list of like five or six guys, and that that might just be a blue light breakdown segment at some point during spring because there's a lot of guys we could talk about. But I wanted to, I wanted to switch it back to tight end. Brenton Strange just had a really, really good showing, I thought, in the scouting combine, and he is going to get drafted. He's got, I think he's got a pretty good chance to go day two, probably late. If not, I don't think he'll be available very, very, very long in round four. And they do bring back Theo Johnson, and they do bring back Tyler Warren, and they're two guys that are, are going to be the leaders of a, a still a gifted tight end room. But the guy I wanted to talk about uh, for a, a different reason is Khalil Dinkins, uh, somebody that's gotten a lot of shout outs, I think, for winter conditioning. And he is a young player, still a young player. But the way that Penn State is recruiting this position, I just feel like there's there are some really talented guys uh, on his heels, whether uh, whether already on the roster or about to join the roster. And, you know, I, I just, you know, I just feel like I know that there's a good chance that uh, obviously I think if Theo plays anywhere near that the way that he played last year, he was he's not going to be on the 2024 roster. Tyler Warren is a player that I think is continuing to improve, but it could be a much different looking tight end room, I guess is my point in 2024. I'm just wondering your thoughts on Khalil Dinkins and he's got a great opportunity to create an impression, I think, this spring. But 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 there are guys, you know, Joey Schlaffer. Jerry Cross, who's already on the roster. Mega, Mega Barnwell, has there ever been a better name for a, a first-year player? Mega Barnwell, they are already listing him at 269 pounds. So I don't know. I've heard of big tight ends before, Johnny, but I I, I mean, he's going to – that's about as big as – that's like Kyle Brady-sized. So 
him and also the guy that's not even on campus yet. I hope I pronounce his name right. Andrew Rappelier. He is a coveted guy that's supposed to get here in the summer. There's a lot of tight ends, a lot of young tight ends. I just think that Khalil Dinkins is trending in the right direction. But, I mean, it, it's going to be a constant battle, I think, for him to kind of stay stay at the top of that pecking order if indeed that's, that's where he is. Because Penn State has just done a really fantastic job, I feel, uh, bringing in talented uh, big bodies in the passing game. They have. I mean, they, they prioritize the position. Like you said, a lot of young guys in the program at tight end right now. We don't expect Theo Johnson to be back in 2024. But, you know, at the same time, it's not like Penn State is going to be playing six tight ends. Uh, they're not putting six guys out. They, they might put three out there. They've done that. They're not putting six dudes out there at tight end. So, you know, it's going to have to stop at some point in terms of, all right, who's our third tight end? Who's our fourth tight end? If someone gets hurt and all that, Khalil Dinkins is right in that sweet spot, I think, to take over that third tight end role. Um, I, Brenton Strange was talking him up a lot at the Combine uh, when he was asked who was the next guy to step up. He said, obviously, you got Theo and you got Tyler, but the guy that he's excited for is Khalil Dinkins. And, you know, said he's been, you know, killing it in winter workouts from what he's hearing and, uh, you know, love this, loves, you know, how he has developed uh, already in the past and, and how he might develop this spring and into the summer. And so he's got a real opportunity on his hands because like you say, yeah, Joey Schlafer is there on campus now early enrollee from Exeter. And uh, he's already won a couple of those competitor of the days. Um, and as much as, again, as much as that matters, it does matter a little bit at the very least and uh, making an impact early. Jerry cross is someone who has been talked up, you know, by teammates, by coaches, um, you know, dealt with injury last year as a true freshman, but it you know, has a real opportunity here. And then yeah, Rappel, yeah, when he comes in, uh, Mega Barnwell, I think, is uh, probably going to be moving to offensive line. <laughs> I mean, you look at his size, and 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 he can add more weight too, um, more good weight, given how tall he is. You know, I, I think, I think that's one where it's like, all right, we'll start you out at a tight end because you probably want to, but you know, let's let's move you over to offensive tackle uh, in the in the long term. But yeah, it's a big it's a it's a big spring camp for Khalil. It's a big spring camp for Jerry Cross. Um, just in terms of those two guys, because you don't want to you don't want to get you know beat out by Schlafer or Rappel yet when when they come in. Uh, all these guys were were highly touted, highly regarded in terms of recruiting, and so um, it's a lot of good talent. It's a good problem to have if you're Ty Hal, you know the tight ends coach, and it's a good problem to have if you're um, Mike Yersich looking down the line, not just at 2023 but 2024 as well. Yeah, and I, I also think that it's it's I, to, kudos to Penn State's uh, development staff, and you mentioned that the position coach and how they use him, how Mike Yersuch is, is is using them. But I mean, you just you just look at you go you look back to 2016 and spin it forward. They have done a really good job of developing tight ends, getting them to the next level, and I think they're getting the you know with the with Gesicki's, uh success, with Pat Fryermuth's success with uh, the evolution of Brenton Strange into a complete tight end when he was about, I think, 215 pounds when he got here. I mean, they're getting good kids, and I think good kids want to come to Penn State because they know that they're going to develop them. And I think, you know, it's one of the better tight end. Uh, it's, it's, it's turning into one of the better tight end rooms consistently year to year in the country. So I would expect you're going to see them not have necessarily have the pick of the litter when it comes to recruiting tight ends, but they're going to get a lot. They're, they have the attention of the four-star tight ends. Um, you don't see very many five-star tight ends, but I'll just say the four-star tight ends that everyone wants. I think I think Penn State's going to be on the final list of most kids moving forward. So that's a good problem to have. You're right, Johnny. Let's let's wrap it up then here on the blue-white breakdown with with uh, the tight ends. But I thought we mentioned a lot of interesting players for different reasons. 
of all the guys we talked about, I think I'm most interested really in Caden Saunders' development uh, this spring. But also I think Bo Prabula and Dinkins are another are two other guys that I, I really think by the end of the by the end of spring, I think you I think Penn State's coaches and players, if you hear their names as far as guys that are buzz players, that's a that's a term that James Franklin likes to use late in spring camp. Uh, I think it's I think it's a good thing. We could have got to a lot of a lot more players, a lot more young players, but we're out of time. It's a topic I think for another podcast. But Johnny, I think the next time I see you will be Tuesday in State College. If, correct me if I'm wrong, and uh, we might even get a chance to look at some of these guys in practice. Spring is finally here for Penn State football, coming in off an 11 and two season. Everyone's excited about Drew Aller, but man. There are so many good players coming back. It's one of the reasons why Johnny and I keep saying, where do you see, uh, if they all stay healthy, where do you see how many people, how many players are at next year's scouting combine? Because I think, I think Penn State has a chance to have double digits uh, if all these guys continue to play well. Between the transfer portal ads and the, and the young players that are going to be draft eligible, I think, I think it's a really fun time, Johnny, to be a Penn State football fan. It is, Bob. It is. And <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to spring camp. And like you mentioned, the you know, the press conference that we'll be uh, attending next Tuesday and uh, whether we get practice availability with uh, with the team that Wednesday or we have to wait for the following week, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure everyone will be chomping at the bit to ask James Franklin about uh, you know how he's going to replace his specialists. That is actually like a storyline, though. It is. You're right. You're right. That's one I could have brought up. I should. Uh, maybe I should have. But yeah, they certainly have a couple of interesting ones. Yeah, that's a separate pod. We'll we'll do a separate pod on on the kicker, punter, and long snapper. Fans are going to love that. Absolutely. No, but just that's something to keep an eye on too. But yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of whether it's position battles or just situations like we outline, like these players who have real opportunities on their hands um, over the next fifteen practices. And again, I mentioned the portal earlier in regards to the quarterback position specifically. But if you look at it roster wide, like the portal is closed right now for FBS players, but it opens up again in May, and so. Maybe some of these guys, you know, guys we mentioned or guys we didn't mention, you know, if they're not feeling it, if they don't feel like after those 15 practices that they made enough of an impact or they don't like where they're at, where they're standing on the depth chart on the roster, that they might leave. And then again, that that creates, you know, roster flexibility to go out and get more transfer guys. And so I don't think that like the roster is not set. Like this is not the roster that, you know, Penn State's going to have in the 2023 season. You're going to have some attrition. You're going to have probably a couple more, a few more additions. And so uh, that's something to keep an eye on just, again, as practice goes along. And we'll see how these early enrollees perform as well. All right, Johnny, I will see you Tuesday. And we will be back next week to talk all about the start of Penn State's spring practice session. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.